0: Good morning and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Jay Foster and today we are going to be giving the Blue Jackets some letter grades for the series against the Leafs. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit more about the upcoming game one and there's a little bit of injury news coming out of Columbus and uh, how worried should we be about that. Uh, so let's start with the good grades for the forwards and work our way down. Um, honestly, across the board, it's not a great look for the forwards. Um, Frankly, they're lucky that I decided to grade on a curve um, at the front of the pack and winning valedictorian for the forward group with an A-plus is Pierre-Luc Dubois, who we also we saw the hat-trick in game three. Uh, it was a thing of beauty. Uh, he also added an assist in game four for four points in five games, and he led all forwards in time on ice. Um, I thought he was far and away our best player in game five and possibly in the series, um, except in the goalies. He might have been the best player on either team, though Austin Matthews made a strong case with six points in five games, um, as well as the overtime winner in game four. Cam Atkinson gets an A uh, for his six points and for keeping pace on that top line all series. Um, He hadn't really been himself this season, I don't think, Uh, but against the Leafs, we saw some flashes of the 43-goal scorer from last season. Uh, The only other player to get an A is... Boone Jenner, who played second-line centre for most of the series. Um, He was a wrecking ball. Um, He played the long game, all series, and he got Sheldon Keefe to take him seriously enough that he managed to uh, talk him into matching his Mana tavares matthews line against Jenner for almost all of Game 5, when he could and should have taken the Dubois matchup, I think. Um, Jenner only registered one goal the entire series, but he does most of his best work away from the puck anyway, I think. And it really showed in that series. Uh, on to the Bs. Uh, rookie Alexander Texier gets plus. B+. Uh, like Jenna, he didn't really register on the score sheet as often as he would have liked or as the team would have liked. Uh, but for a rookie in his first postseason games, he not only kept up, but he joined the rest of the top line in dictating that play. Uh, and I thought he was... Noticeable in a lot of good ways. Um, he's got no fear going against the top guys. Uh, in a couple of seasons, I think he's going to be a real beast. Uh, you know, 30 goal scorer, Alexandre Texier. You heard it here first. Uh, the other B belongs to another rookie in Liam Foodie, who played his best game with the Jackets on Sunday night. Uh, he scored the two nothing goal that took most of the life out of the out of the Leafs lineup. Uh, And he spent most of his ice time in the offensive zone, which for a rookie is impressive. Um, I'm pretty sure he's getting fairly sheltered minutes, but he's doing a lot with those minutes, which, you know, is what you want from a rookie. Um, And once he's proven that he can do that with the limited sheltered minutes, he can start getting more uh, more difficult matchups. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised if that goal opened the floodgates and he managed to get a couple more against Tampa, which would be great. Um, The bulk of our forwards uh, got C's um, in this series. So we have a few more players. Uh, I'm going to start with the captain, Nick Foligno. Uh, He scored the empty net on Sunday. Um, He's another player that doesn't register as many points as his contract suggests that he should. Um, but he plays really well with Boone Jenner. Um, he just kind of throws himself into the offensive zone like a truck. Uh, and if he goes into the corner after a puck, nine times out of ten, I think he's coming back out with it. Um, he's just really fun to watch in the offensive zone, I think. Um, he's really good along the boards. Um, he's a surprisingly skilled skater. Um, and it will be really nice to see him score a couple of goals against Tampa. Um I also gave him some extra points because uh he has appropriate levels of goalie appreciation which is important to me personally um how do you explain alexander wernberg sometimes he's a second line center sometimes he plays seven minutes on the fourth line um he only scored one goal all of last season and i think it frustrates tortorella to no end um in my opinion he's a pretty good third line center he's a passable second line center but i think he needs the right line mates um and my official my official recommendation tm uh is to put him in the riley nash template uh, play him with a couple of young speedy wingers like bjork strander bemstrom uh let him just dish the puck all day long and also um it gives the younger, more offensive players a little bit of defensive responsibility, which we all know Torts loves defensive responsibility. Uh, until last night, um, Oliver Bjorkstrand was probably due a D. Uh, I gave him a C because of Game 5. Uh, he only had nine shots all series. Uh, he didn't get any points. And coming into this series, I he was supposed to be, I thought, one of our game changers. Um, he looked like he started to get his jump back in game five. He didn't play a ton of minutes. Uh, when he did, it was mostly with Liam Foodie and, uh, Dubois or Nash in center. Uh, and he had a few really strong shifts that looked like they oiled him. He had a couple of really good shots, and uh, that Freddie had to make some good saves for. Um, and it really feels like one of those situations where, you know, the longer it goes on, the more stressed he's going to be. The tighter he's going to hold his stick, etc. um... He needs to get, like, an empty net goal or one of those, like, stupid nonsense goals that shouldn't have got in. Uh, And I think that will probably do a world of good for his confidence. Um, So fingers crossed he manages to put a couple of goals past uh, Vasilevsky. Um, Time for the Ds. Uh, These are guys who I don't think necessarily played badly, but I did want more of them, more out of them. uh, And thought we should be getting more out of them. Um so gus nyquist i thought was only okay for most of the series um he missed the empty net goals uh two games in a row which is like literally that's his bread and butter he had like nine empty net goals this season um and it's not specifically what he's here for but it gets to the point where if there's an empty net on the other end of the ice i assume that gus nyquist is probably going to put the puck in it um I don't think he's going to be the offensive monster that we were hoping for when he signed here. Like, he's not going to be another Panarin. Um, But he does slot in pretty nicely with Foligno and Jenner, and his contract is not terrible. Um, I just would like more goals, please, um, because I have a very wonderful uh, Untitled Goose Game gif that I would like to use more often. Um, The rest of the forwards I'm going to kind of lump together all in one, uh, because... frankly none of them really played enough to get a chance to make an impact uh nathan Gerby only played game four benstrom only played games one to three and barely played in those uh robinson played in all of them but was mostly unnoticeable i thought and riley nash was there i guess um my issue with riley nash is that i think tortorella wants him to have a bigger role than he's suited to um nash is a really solid fourth line center he's a fine veteran guy that you can put between a couple of rookies for support defensive responsibility um but tortorella keeps sneaking him onto the ice as our second line center and i don't like that um and think that we should stop trying that um so that was the forwards uh, coming up in just a minute let's talk defensemen uh, the good the bad and the benched Remember, you can find Locked On Blue Jackets on Twitter at l o underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at j the goalie, and you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts every weekday morning. So, Defenseman. much better showing in general, uh, which I don't think surprises anyone, since you know our strength has always been in defense. Um, the winner amongst defensemen is obviously Seth Jones. Um, he was phenomenal um he played i think he averaged out at like 28 to 30 minutes of ice time a game which is just bananas um i know that we had almost two full periods of overtime in a series in the series but still um if he's on the ice good things happening and so tortorella wants him on the ice as much as humanly possible um I think also um, there's a lot to be said for the fact that he's one of the fresher guys in the in the series um, because he missed so much time with his broken ankle. And then when the season was paused, um, he was one of the only guys that was allowed to keep skating in Columbus because he had to rehab the ankle. Um, so those were the rules that the, NHS, the NHL put into place, I think, was um, injured players are allowed to skate and rehab at the team facilities. And so he and Oliver Bjorkstrand got to skate much sooner than most players that were healthy when the season was paused. And I think um, that extra time kind of getting back on his skates was, was what he really needed. Um, his defensive partner, Zach Rensky, uh gets a regular A. Um, he finally scored in game five. Um, I'm a little bit worried that he's not 100%. But, I mean, there's nothing we can do about that. Um, Tortorella's going to play him. Uh, if Wenski says that he's good to go, then we're just going to have to take his word for it. Um, I assume that he's probably icing his shoulder every period. Um, but it's not impacting his shot. It's not impacting his ability to play the puck uh, or play the body. So... Um... Until proven otherwise, I think we're just going to have to assume that this is the kind of Zach Wierenski that we're going to get this this series, which, I, you know, I'm not upset about. Um, I was listening to the post-series Steve Dangle podcast uh, this morning, and they said that Wierenski was better than they thought, which I thought was really funny because, I mean, as someone who's been watching Zach Wierenski basically since he stepped on the ice in Columbus... I don't know how you underrate him uh, as a player, but I mean, it's the Leafs, they don't really need to pay attention to anyone other than the Leafs. So, um, our other defenseman with an A is uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, who was again one of those quiet players, um, he's turning into a really good shut down defenseman he plays really well with Savard um he had my favorite moment of of game 5 where he tried to like will the puck over the blue line from the bench by like waving at it um and he also he scored a goal in game 4 that was just really good um yeah he's he's young and i think he's got some growing to do still but that second pairing with him and Savard i think there are not many guys in the league that can go up against that and get extended extended zone time so he gets an a um savard gets a b uh, if only because he keeps going on adventures and he's not quick enough to get back from them and um, there were a couple of moments in the series where i kind of was like, oh, who's that behind the goal line? Oh, it's David Savard. And then the puck would go to the Leafs and then you would see uh, Gavrikov get back in time and then just a forward having to play defense because Savard is not quick enough to get back, Um, which didn't really bite us during the series. But if we keep doing that, it's going to. Um, So that wasn't great. Um, I gave Dean Kukan a B as well. Uh, because he's another guy that's kind of stepped into his role as that sixth defenseman. He beat Marcus Nudavara for that sixth spot. Uh, he played really well with Murray. Um, I thought he played really well with uh, Scott Harrington as well when uh, Murray was out for game four. Um, another guy that's got some growing to do, but I would not be surprised if he's a regular in the lineup next season. Uh, I gave Ryan Murray uh, a C, uh, which I know might be heresy to most Blue Jackets fans, uh, because th- our biggest complaint with Ryan Murray at any given time is that he's always injured, which is not his fault, and so we can't blame him for it, um, but I thought he could have been better um, in this series. I don't think he was particularly noticeable, apart from a couple of like really nice plays, Um And I might like maybe that's partly due to him not being 100%. He missed game four due to injury, and he didn't play a lot in game five. Um, So hopefully this couple of days off has kind of given him some rest, uh, helped him to get back closer to 100%, and we'll see kind of the old Ryan Murray back in game one tonight. Um, Scott Harrington, uh, I also gave a, a C to um because he's not necessarily i didn't give him the scene necessarily for his on ice stuff but he's one of the guys that's always talked about in terms of guys that um they wait patiently they wait for their turn and then they step on the ice and it's like they've never been away um he was our seventh defenseman most of the season and i think now that kukan's kind of really coming into his own he has dropped down to that eighth slot um but all I hear about him is that he turns up every practice, he works hard, he works on his game and then when, you know, when we were really injured last season or, you know, partially injured in this playoffs, he stepped in and he does a solid job on that third pairing and it means that we don't have to rely quite as heavily on our top four Um at some point, I do want to talk about how Tortorella utilizes his defensemen and how I think we need to try and get away from this concept of, like, saying that defensemen that can play a lot of minutes are important. Because if this is what Seth Jones can do with, like, 30 minutes of ice time, imagine if he only had to play 20. Um, you know, imagine if he was more rested, he was more effective... On the ice, you know, it happened with forwards a few uh, a few years back. Like, people decided, okay, we're going to stop playing our top line 30 minutes a game. We're going to give the third and fourth lines more ice time. And it's managing that workload is something that's really important in, like, the forward core of a team. And I would really like to see kind of that shift towards it in defense. Um, because I think what will happen is you'll develop your younger guys better. And also your top line will have less um, less ice time and more ability to do better things with the limited ice time that they get. Um, poor Marcus Nodovara gets the only D for the defense um, and really it's because he didn't play enough. He's like um, some of the, the fourth line for the forwards. He didn't play enough for me to really kind of get an idea of where he was at. He only played less than two minutes in game five which is not good enough um and i don't know how much of that is down to tortorella um trusting other guys more um but i if we're gonna be down defenseman if we're gonna lose defensemen to injury i want to see more from Nudavaro that proves he can play in the nhl like he did most of this season and uh last season so um so that was the defenseman um coming up in just a minute is the most important part of the grading which is the goalies um and we also have a little bit of injury talk and a quick update on tampa's lines Uh, On Thursday, we are going to be doing our first ever Locked On CBJ mailbag, so send in your questions to LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com, or you can tweet them at me, uh, at JayTheGoalie, on Twitter, or at the podcast, which is uh, LO underscore BlueJackets. The goalies are the story of of the series, I think. Um, They were both phenomenal. Um, They both had moments where I would have liked them to be better, but at the end of the day almost no goalie in this league is perfect and they are going to have bad games bad periods um bad 5 minutes um so i gave corposalo an a plus um because he took this opportunity with both hands uh coming into the series he hadn't played a single minute of playoff hockey and his first game was a shutout um his second game he allowed two goals on 30 something shots uh the third game wasn't great uh i think he allowed three goals on just under 20 shots and got pulled and then he came back for that last game and had a 33 save shutout um and he you know he, there's been a lot of talk about you know which goalie deserves to play and which goalie has been better. um And there's a lot of talk about how Corpus has paid his dues and he deserves that starter spot just because he's been here longer. And I don't necessarily agree with that line of reasoning, but the way that he's played in this series, I think has really kind of cemented it in both like Jackets fans and also kind of in the outside hockey world that he can be a starter in this league. Uh, and he... Not necessarily deserves it more than Elvis, but he definitely deserves to be here. Um, Elvis gets an A. Uh, I was tempted to give him an A plus as well, um, but I think Corpsalo edged him just because of his play time. Um, you know, he got the starting job, uh, and the, the you know he got pulled in game three. But we've talked a lot about that. You know, Tortorella's talked about it. It wasn't because of him. It was. It was at the skaters. it was I'm pulling the goalie because you guys need to get your get your act together um and you need to stop playing like this, so I'm gonna pull the goalie and you guys play better in front of Elvis or else um and it worked, so uh you know, Coralo had a rough period or so of hockey, and then you know Elvis stepped in and made twenty one saves in relief they won in overtime um played a fantastic game four i thought again we talked about you know but he's not gonna be perfect those five minutes at the end were not great um but at the end of the day he made you know he faced 53 shots and allowed four goals um it's but you know facing 50 shots you don't want your you don't want your goalie to do that and he still had an above 900 safe percentage which i think is really all you can ask when the defense has checked out like they did in game four um and then it came out after well it came out before game five that he was injured uh quote unquote unfit to play uh but i believe torts said that he was injured um and then, so we had Kiv Lennox backing him up um, for game five, which worried me a little bit. We talked about that last episode, but everything was fine. Corpusala uh, played the entire game, did fantastically. Um, on Monday afternoon, we found out that Elvis would be out for, quote, a while. Um, Tortorella didn't really sound sure when he would be coming back. Um, we haven't heard that Vaini Velavinen the Jackets back up, back up, back up, goalie and also back up finish goalie. Uh, he's not traveling to the bubble yet to begin quarantining, which is a relief and makes me think that maybe Elvis's injury is not massively, um, massively serious. But like I talked about last episode, uh, if the team is playing like garbage, I don't know that Tortorella will be able to pull Corpy as eagerly uh, to tell him to kind of get the right together if it means putting lennox in um i don't know that he trusts lennox that much um but i personally would just like it very much if we could stop getting injured that would be that would be nice um that being said Tamper isn't 100% either uh we talked about Jan Richter he's out he's quote unquote unfit to play um Stephen Stamkos apparently was getting closer and closer, and they were talking about how maybe he'll be able to join next game, maybe he'll be able to join next game, and then I think just before the Flyers game, which was the last game of the round robin, um, they announced that he was now out indefinitely. So I'm not sure whether he aggravated something or whether they thought it was going to get better and it's not, or, you know, I don't know what's going on there. Um, but we're unlikely to see him anytime soon. Um... Hedman's a little bit more kind of up in the air. Uh, Victor Hedman injured his ankle in the Flyers game. Um, we're supposed to be getting an update for that today. Um, so we will probably get that as soon as I stop recording because that's how it works. Um, so, you know, neither team is 100% going into this. It's the playoffs. Guys are going to be playing injured. Guys are going to be hiding injuries. Um, I don't necessarily think it's going to turn into, like, which team is the healthiest. Um for tonight's game but i think as the series goes on you know they're missing some pieces we've got some pieces that are 100 percent. um it's gonna be a, a rough series either way i think um a quick congratulations to the rangers for winning the lafreniere sweepstakes uh last night um now please like for me um go rogue and just do something crazy with it like trade it away or draft quinton byfield instead of lafreniere like i just you know team chaos um but the rain the penguins didn't win it the oilers didn't win it and the leafs didn't win it so everything is fine Uh, i would have liked the wild or the jets to get it i'm not thrilled that he's going to be in the metro but it could definitely have been worse so i personally will take that as a win uh, and I think that's all we have time for today. So tomorrow we're going to look at game one versus the Bolts. We're going to look at how we played. Uh, we're going to talk about the result. Uh, we're going to look a little bit closer at the strengths and weaknesses of Tampa Bay's lineup. Um, once again, you can find me on Twitter at goalie. You can find this podcast on Twitter at LO underscore jackets. If you want to get in touch or send in some questions for the mailbag, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Uh, remember to re- subscribe and review on the podcast app of your choosing. Uh, if you're looking for some insight into the Lightning, then why do not go listen to my friend Adam over at Locked on Lightning for their take on this rematch of last season's Cinderella story. And I will see you guys tomorrow with some analysis of tonight's game.